0: hey 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 who fans and welcome to the big blue box podcast my name's gary my name's adam and welcome to episode 350 350 bud yeah pretty sweet
1: bit of a milestone didn't didn't realize actually i didn't realize we'd clocked up to 350
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah i normally ride it on my pads but uh I'm, I'm starting a new pad look I've got a brand new pad for my notes and uh, um because i was changing pads i hadn't written the episode number at the top yeah i don't suppose you use pads do your end i suspect it's all digital
0: i do actually use a pad i'll do have you, you know yeah, I like writing it very often, but <laughs> I've got one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> when you're watching the app, ep- there, how do you make your notes? Because you I sit there with a little pad, write, jotting stuff down, and that's why I can never read it when we come to do the review, because I can't read my write and writing. But uh, what do you right. do? Do you do you just mentally put it in on a laptop afterwards, or what?
0: Now I've got an app on my phone that, like a note-taking app, and it I syncs see, to my yes. uh, syncs to my laptop. So when we're oh, recording, I just bring high-tech. it. Up. Yeah, 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 yeah. We don't mess about.
1: I'll do that one day. Probably the last episode we record, like just as we're about to wrap up the podcast, I'll <laughs> move on into the future.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Along with your digital only Big Finish subscription. And
1: <laughs> Actually, do you know what? I've actually, I've never thought this would happen, but I finally accepted that I've got no room. Uh, there's no more room for Big Finish. I, I, it pains me to say it. and I never thought I would say this, but um, yeah, I'm not, I just can't, really unless it's a special release if it's something that i think oh yeah i must have that on a physical thing but yeah i've run out of so i've really really cut back um and what i've started doing is like the eccleston set for example i've i like to buy the vinyl so i'm just buying the vinyl because it comes with the digital yeah cd i'm afraid is really um yeah it's really taking a back burner now I've, i've finally succumbed to not quite your way of thinking, because you're purely digital, aren't you? You only buy a digital download. But
0: with big, I'm finish, sort of heading yeah. down that way because
1: yeah. of space. I just can't. Because yeah. what it was is I was, I was couldn't fit in sort of like the last few sets I'd bought, and I thought, well, what's the point of having them if I'm just shoving them behind box set behind box set for space? Like, what's the point of even having the thing on the shelf? And and uh, so yeah, pains me to say it. Oh,
0: Physical mate! Physical formats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, looking at the old bookshelf now, I think I've got about, about 30, 35 big finish physical discs. Hmm. A few of those are box sets and whatnot. The rest of them are all digital, mate. So have you got well, like a whole like, cupboard full of them then? Is that why you're...
1: Well, they, most of them have gone up in the loft. Uh, and then I had a couple that, um, the sort of recent ones that have arrived, I've sort of gone to put them somewhere and thought, well, I've got nowhere to put them. Uh so I've what I've had to do is shove them behind my Blu-ray box set. So the, those now stick out on the shelf because behind them they're stuffed up with uh big finish box sets. You can't even see them. <laughs> it's just <laughs> yeah, it's just a bit of a wake up call. I was like, yeah, I've literally what is the point of having a box set if it's hidden behind another box set? It's just pointless. But I've totally run out of space now, unfortunately. Mm. I do like the you know, like the special editions they do though, the like the sort of book look like big sort of boxes. Yeah, like yeah. long book mm. boxes to what they call them, coffee table box sets or whatever yeah, something like that They're yeah pretty so cool. if they do special ones of those i will probably dip in and get them but um books is another thing though dude and i never mm-hmm. ever want to go over to uh i never want to be seen with a kindle in my hand i hate digital books because i love the feel of a paperback and you know i love books so but that's another problem um i picked up a couple of uh books in the charity shop the other day and uh, they were like two pound each uh, it's actually the sweeney it wasn't doctor who but i love uh, the sweeney cool yeah, yeah and i was like but where am i gonna put them <laughs> I was like, just no, no room anywhere mm. the, the the trials and tribulations of a doctor who fan slash sweeney fan <laughs>
0: yeah well the struggle's real it's uh, you, you can you can something. appreciate
1: the book thing because you still buy physical books don't you
0: i do sometimes yeah it depends what it is if it's if it's a if it's a doctor who book or a star wars book or mm. uh, there's a couple of other things that are sort of I have very fond memories of and still very much a fanboy of certain things I'll always buy the book if I want to pick them up again but um like most books I'll have on my kindle like if it's just a you know just a book that somebody's recommended oh yeah something you're going to read once yeah, never again yeah. yeah but if it's something like i don't know like a terry terry pratchett book I've you know over the years I'd always buy the physical like uh, Tolkien book or Terry Pratchett or you know like Star Wars and Doctor Who those sorts of things mm. I'll always get the book but the rest of it mate on the old Kindle for that as well yeah
1: I'll, I'll tell you the other conundrum I'm having is um with Doctor Who e magazine because obviously I'm a subscriber and I've been for years and uh kind of these days it kind of turns up and I'll flick through it and um yeah, tend to, don't tend to read it page to page anymore. Just I don't know, just kind of flick through, look at the pictures. But I realised the other day, I mean, I've got a lot of two <laughs> magazines now um, all up in the loft. And I'm thinking, again, they're just up there taking space. And I can't quite bring myself to get rid of them. I mean, I wouldn't throw them away. I'd probably give them to, like, there's a really cool comic shop in the next um, town to us. You know, I'd probably sort of give them to him or sell them to him or something. But it's that thing of, like, not really wanting to part with them. Because, you know, I love the covers and stuff to the Doctor Who mags. and But, man, they take up some space. And they're so heavy as well. Like, the box. Just getting the box of Doctor Who magazines up in the loft nearly killed me. They broke my back. You know, so, it's, you know, that's another one I'm struggling with, what to do. Because I keep looking at them. They're just piled up now. <laughs> I can see them. I lie in bed and I look up at the loft because I've got, like, an open loft. And I just see them all there, piled up, staring at me. And I'm thinking, really, they need to go on the bonfire, but I can't. <laughs> like, old Wurzel, need to get them put on the bonfire, but I can't bring myself to do it.
0: Oh, mate, they're sort of looking down at And then another saying. one
1: turns read up, me. it's like, oh, it's...
0: Read hey. me. You read <laughs> yeah.
1: me. Well, I've kind of flicked through them, but, you know. <laughs> I, I was I was actually, um, I was in this month's uh, Dot2Mag, by the I way. Saw. I saw. There's a little yeah. article on T-shirts. Yeah, I was well chuffed with that. Just... Um, I mean, they only used a fraction of what I said, but, you know, <laughs> it, was well, like, it was like... I actually did about sort of a whole two-page uh, sort of interview, but, um, yeah, I think they used a couple of sentences. But it was nice, and I got a little, little geek's handbag, got a shout-out, so as well chuffed with that.
0: Well, I did see, mate, yeah. Very pleased, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So, it was, are you going to continue yeah, your subscription then, mate, or are you going to...
1: Yeah, well, it, it just renews itself, so I just... And also, I've got to be honest with you, um, the last time the subscription went out it was a sort of really it's i can't remember what my subscription price is but it's so low i I think because i did it so long ago and i don't know whether they just don't i don't know what the rule is so obviously the subscription price or deals have changed since i subscribed but i'm guessing mine's i'm guessing when you subscribe you just get that deal every time i don't know because it's when i saw the price of it i I can't remember what it was but it was really low i thought it's god is that all i pay uh, for a six month subscription that seems low you know, it was about the price of four issues, I think, instead of six. So, yeah, it's it, yeah. I've just let it roll roll over. I, I do still love that feeling of dot um, two magazine turning up, even though half the time it's folded in half and I get cross. But you know, I still love that feeling of all oh, new dot two out tomorrow. You know, so yeah. But I know what you mean. It does. It's just every time they arrive, I, I get that excitement of all oh, dot two magazine flick through it. And then it goes on the side for just gathers dust.
0: Yeah, yeah, I do see what you mean, I think there was, um, it sounds like you did get a good deal, dude, because the subscription price at the moment is, it's about 40 quid for six months.
1: Oh no, definitely don't pay that.
0: Yeah, and if you want to do it for the year, an annual subscription is £96, or 120 quid if you want the regular plus the specials, yeah.
1: I need to check, I mean, but surely with subscriptions, don't don't you just pay whatever the new rate is, because... I'm sure last time I looked, it was like, it was like 22 quid or something. I couldn't believe it. I was like, can't be.
0: What, for the year? For six months. For six months. Okay, it's probably, yeah, you've probably just done a, that's the...
1: I might be wrong. I may have just, <laughs> I don't know, I need to check, but no, I'm sure right. last yeah. time I saw it go out, I was like, oh, that's cheap. Because uh, I was thinking of cancelling it at one point. Um, and yeah, I did sort of check to see like how much I was paying and it was a lot lower than I thought. So I thought, oh, I'll just leave it.
0: Mm. No, Richard. It's probably it's a, That's probably right, dude. They, they don't, I don't they would pay forty quid for it, though. Cool. Uh, up the price without telling you. you that's the, the what you sign up at. So, well, yeah,
1: the price has gone up. I know it doesn't sell anywhere near as well anymore, does it? But I noticed the sort of the paper, the quality of the paper is definitely deteriorating. Because so I was looking at it the other day, thinking, Doctor Magazine used to be all glossy and shiny, in like every page. And I noticed now it's sort of this sort of matty. There definitely, definitely been a little bit of cost cutting going on
0: yeah definitely
1: yeah yep. yeah, which is understandable because I mean magazines like you said who buys magazines anymore
0: yeah uh, fair play to Who magazine as well they've through sort of uh, thick and thin and turbulent times uh, they've, they've kept going they've
1: I, I would hate to see it disappear I must admit it's, I've I've bought it ever since I can remember my nan used to get it for <laughs> me from because she used to have it put aside in a corner shop
0: Mm-hmm. you know oh. where
1: she got a paper, so I can't remember why we couldn't do that, but she maybe just because she had an account with them or something but right. yeah I've always got dot two magazines so I would hate to see it disappear but
0: yeah you know. yeah, no regi that's just the world of print and versus digital i suppose i mean I swear, yeah. there's quite a few magazines that I used to subscribe to going back over the years, and um a few of them are still going, and for a while, I did do like the digital subscription when i you know you read them on your ipad and stuff like that it's not too bad but it's not really the same the same feeling the whole point of having a magazine is that you don't want to have uh that digital you want it to be a nice sort of in the garden flicking through mm. or in the bath <laughs> flicking through a magazine <laughs> and having a read you know I'll I'll
1: tell you what, it's a cracking magazine. Have you heard of Infinity Magazine?
0: Oh, that's a really good. Yeah,
1: that is great. It's like a. It's got that real old school Mm. feel about it. The guy who does the introduction, I I just I'd buy it for his introductions alone. They're brilliant. Mm. Um, but that one is one of the few magazines where I do actually read it pretty much. I won't say all the way through, but properly, like there's some really good stuff in Infinity, and they they cover um all sorts. It's like a sort of cult magazine isn't it they cover sort of anything from doctor who to jason and the argonauts to metal mickey to worlds of Gum. it's just you never kenny everett's in it this week it's just everything you have sort of like 10 different programs in it each week and uh, that that is a great little magazine that is
0: yeah that's a very cool that's been going for years as well infinity mm. um, i've got a fair few of those not a lot yeah. but i've probably got about 40 or 50 of those lying around from like i don't know the last 10 years or whatever they're very cool yeah they're c- cool um so yeah yeah it's uh magazines dude i mean they're still i don't know still a market for them but i don't know
1: the old space issue yeah catches up with us all in the end doesn't it
0: it does mate yeah infinity though if you want to subscribe to that dude that's only 22 quid for six months
1: yeah yeah so honestly it's a great it's a great magazine. it's a bit what i mean by that one i think that's one you want to keep as well because they're really nice they're almost like a little mini book, aren't they? They're really lovely. Um whereas I bought SFX magazine yesterday and uh, I was reading like The Stranger Things about New oh, Stranger Things yeah. 4 and but it kinda of like since as as I finished reading it, I kinda of threw it to the side. Whereas Infinity I feel like no I want to almost like put it in a binder. I might get one of their binders and mm-hmm. collect them. Nice. <laughs> you've been up to much uh, this month this week
0: even <laughs> uh this week uh up to much no not really but um mm-hmm. just focus this week is kind of star warsy for me really it's Fourth. yes 4th. it is a bit of a star wars week isn't it yeah it's may the fourth yesterday so star wars day so this week is full of sort of announcements of things and you know doing all that and watching a bit of star wars and stuff like that so yeah unfortunately no doctor who over the last week but more more other sci-fi goodness what about you
1: no, not a great debate. now. I'm carrying on. I'm still reading my book. You know the uh, the long game, which is pretty cool. Oh, nice. Uh, which yeah. is about the dot two wilderness years, and um, and yeah, no, not nothing really. I, I managed to get tickets uh, to the two Peter Cushion movies, the Darlitt movies at the BFI, um, thanks to one of my friends actually who got them for me because it's a bit of a kerfuffle. This one, uh, I don't know if you're, are you thinking of going to this?
0: I am. Yeah. What's the kerfuffle? <laughs>
1: Well, the kerfuffle is they're doing them back to back. So they're doing the two Peter Cushion Dalek films back to back, and there's a Q and A for the first one. But you have to, if you want to go to both, you have to. And I'm not quite sure because, as I said, my friend booked for me. I think you have to book one of them online and then phone up for the second and say, "I've bought the first one. Can I change my ticket to a dual one?" So I don't know. You basically you have to phone the box office at some point to if you want to go to both, you can't. You can't book both of them online back to back or something it's yeah something a bit strange my friend said he had an absolute nightmare doing it but he managed to get me um get me a ticket for it so not quite sure but you can't book them both back to back online for some reason yeah you can only book the first one i've got Um, some
0: information on that dude so um yeah so the q a with uh roberta tovey and jewel curzon with director and uh and uh, Jason Fleming, son of the director, Gordon Fleming, etc., which is the Q&A, like you said, in between. Yeah. So um, so it says on the BFI website that the screening will be followed by the Q&A. Uh, it says, although the Q&A will take place after Doctor Who and the Daleks are screened, it will include a discussion about the next film as well. And then the, there's a joint ticket available, uh, which includes <laughs> Daleks' uh, Invasion of Earth, uh, but, yeah, like you said, you have to call the box office. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that's kind of weird, isn't it? So I guess because of the booking system they've got, they can't link two screenings together under one booking, it sounds like, mm. which is weird. I so. can't look at
1: like you can't just buy two separate tickets because there's no discount, I don't think, if you buy no, both. just there isn't. It's
0: just,
1: no. No. Don't, yeah, so I couldn't quite get my head around it. So I'm glad my friend dealt with all hmm. that. <laughs> just He just, uh, yeah, he just um, phoned me really stressed and said, oh i've managed to get us tickets like, oh well done i was thinking oh thank god i'd go through that <laughs> so yeah so but they they should be cool i mean i must admit i, I love both films oh and I, I think you do too but i particularly love the second one the dark evasion earth it's so cool. oh, i was yeah. a bit torn because because of the price and i'm trying to sort of cut back on my spending i was thinking of just doing one actually i thought no 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 i'll just i'll go and see the second film and 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 then probably have some drinks and stuff after. And then I was thinking, but I really want to hear the Q and A because they got Roberta Tovey and Jill Curzon, and I've never I've never um, met her before or seen her or heard her on stage. So, and I just thought the Q and A sounds really cool. So really, I want to do the first film. And I was just like, oh, I'll just do them both.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, the second one is very cool. Old Cribbins.
1: I love this. S- well, I, lo- I like both, but the second one is cribbins yeah brilliant in it yeah absolutely brilliant you know
0: yeah interesting uh, ones we'll have to get them onto review we've, we've not even thought about reviewing these no. on our schedule but maybe we should maybe we should throw them in at some oh, point i think we should maybe yeah. when
1: they come out on 4k because they're, they're hmm. being reissued in 4k aren't they and um oh by the way finally got a 4k player mate you know a couple of weeks ago <laughs> i was moaning that i didn't have 4k player yes, my other half's finally got uh, got his hands on a PS5. Oh, finally. Nice. So I was winding him up. I was like, oh, so you know what that means. Now I've got to go and buy all the films that are like on 4K. And he's like, yeah, I'm not replacing them again. <laughs> <laughs> so DVD to Blu-ray, and now I'm going to buy them all again on 4K. I won't. Brilliant. I probably will, actually. Yeah. By the way. <laughs> so yeah, definitely. Yeah, so we could do that. When the films come out on 4K, we could review them, couldn't we?
0: Yeah, nice. We can watch the um, the... The Doctor Who Blu-ray box sets when they bring them out.
1: Yes, that would be nice. <laughs> Whenever that is.
0: Whenever that is. Come on, BBC.
1: <laughs> it's got to be soon. Is it, I, June has been rumoured for ages. It's got to be. Actually, good old Doctor Who magazine, going back to that, they did, they've did. they got a preview of the set next in the next issue. So that's got to mean it's mm. coming out.
0: I'm it? referring to... Uh, so that's the Blu-ray oh. set, right, with the, the classic... Box that's sets. season yeah. 22.
1: Is that not what you're on about?
0: No, I'm referring to ah. brand new Doctor Who that is oh. clearly filmed in 4K and is ready to rock and roll, but we just get the DVD and Blu-ray still.
1: I see. Yes.
0: So, but no, the, the Blu-ray box set you're referring to, 22, season 22, that's obviously amazing. Can't wait for that. It's just, uh, yeah, like I can't understand the newer stuff that, I don't know if it's a cost thing. I don't know. But mm. uh, like brand new Doctor Who, especially Jodie's last two seasons, absolutely we could have had a 4K box set of those. Mm. Defo, but... Oh.
1: Maybe R2D will do it. It's the sort of thing I could imagine him sorting out. Yeah. He'd be like, come like on, we've got to, to get this so. out in 4K. Yeah, i like to think so.
0: Yeah. Anyway, uh, you've done nothing else, have you? Yeah. <sighs> so when does this go on sale? Oh, today for the general public. Lovely. All right, I've look at that later. Yeah. And it's Sunday the 19th of June. So we might see some some listeners and some other peeps down there then that'd be good yeah it'd be awesome cool righty before we crack on with our review this week of torchwood's new and final series Mm. please remember to follow and subscribe to this podcast in your preferred podcast app if you're a new listener to the show welcome to the big blue box we'd love to have you as a regular listener so make sure you follow and subscribe and to the longtime listeners the grizzled ancients welcome back it's great to have you all here uh, you can do that by just searching for us in your podcast app, or head over to the website bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. You can also listen to all the episodes over there for free, plus you can check out all of the reviews and articles from those cool dudes on the writing team. And talking to those dudes, uh, you can also listen to the roundtable for April that went out last week, which is a very cool catch-up with those guys. And um, the latest article is from Maria, she gave us a rundown of the Capital Five event run by the doctor who appreciation society so go and check that out as well we are on the socials too instagram twitter and facebook links from the website and we have a free discord server again link on the website hop over there chat doctor who with other who fans and also remember to check out adam's channel over on youtube it is of course the geeks handbag and his last video was very very cool trying to hunt down the old b&m set it's a very cool video that did
1: I you know I'm well chuffed with um, the views on it, yeah. it's, it's really done well. Actually, it's one. Um, it's not to my other videos out in the park. So it's, it's gratifying because I've spent so long putting that video together. Um, I almost wasn't sure it was worth putting out because I was like, it feels a yeah. So I'm, I'm really chuffed. So yeah, go and check out my vids. A couple of dot two vids on there. Uh, Get our friend Adam went back and watched my Star Wars the One <laughs> Star Wars video after we mentioned it on the podcast. Oh, very <laughs> Do you know what? I did? Yeah, so fair play to add. So, um, yeah, go and have a look at my channel, The Geek Sandbag.
0: The old Geek Sandbag. Adam's on the socials, too, Mm. under the same name, The Geek Sandbag. So go and give him a like and a follow. And we'll all chat Doctor Who throughout the week between episodes, which is always fun. So go and do all of that Mm. stuff. Right, review time, bud. What have we got?
1: Yeah, so we're moving on to the next series of Torchwood, which is called The Miracle Day, or just Miracle Day. And uh, this episode's called The New World. 6 a.m. is the appointed time of death as laid down by the state of Kentucky.
0: Oswald Danes faces his last moments on this earth. A former school teacher convicted of the rape and murder of 12-year-old Susie Cabina. The survival of Oswald Danes turns out to be the first incident in a much bigger story. No one has Not died. Not one person in the United States Not of America. A Miracle Day. Miracle Day. Miracle, Miracle day. day. Miracle Day. That's what it's being called. Ah! Ah! Miracle Day.
1: Did you ever hear of Torchwood? This thing might be worth following. They brought me in as an expert, but I don't know what the hell this is. But we're getting the same results from all over the world. Oh my
0: God. What is Torchwood anyway? Some
1: kind of British intervention agency. Captain Jack Harkness and Gwen Cooper. Nice to meet you. Don't tell me this is a virus or evolution or whatever. This is deliberate intervention. All of us have been changed by design.
0: But how? Who could do this? It's like make someone guess a little bit off. CIA! Yeah? So what? Who
1: the hell are you people? Talk
0: to it. <laughs> you think that was a Hollywood action blockbuster movie? Blockbuster. Yeah. Radio, Torchwood. We're on to Series 4, right? Series 4? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yep. So it's not <laughs> called Series or Season 4 or anything like that. A bit like the Children of Earth, this is just called Miracle Day. And this one was first broadcast on the, the 8th of July 2011 in the mm. US. And then here in the UK, we got it a week later on the 14th of July.
1: Oh, there'd be uproar about that now. Can you imagine? Twitter would explode, wouldn't it? Oh, dick. How dude, dare you the Americans get it first. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So, this was written by <laughs> Russell T. Davis. It was directed by Barat Naluri and uh, it stars John Barrowman, Eve Miles, Kai Owen, and uh, also Meki Pfeiffer and uh, Alexa Havins, and also Bill Pullman. So, some big mm. names big names in this one and the synopsis is one day nobody dies all across the world nobody dies and then the next day and the next and the next people keep aging they get hurt they get sick but they never die the result a population boom overnight with all the extra people resources are finite it said that in our that it said that in four months time the human race will cease to be viable But this can't be a natural event. Someone's got to be behind it. It's a race against time as CIA agent Rex Matheson investigates a global conspiracy. The answers lie within an old secret British institute. As Rex keeps asking, what is tortured? He's drawn into a world of adventure and a threat to change what it means to be human forever. (laughs) So big, dramatic stuff, dude. What do you reckon to this first one then?
1: Yeah, do you know what? Just hearing you read out the synopsis, actually, it's um, it's a great concept. Actually, when you when you read it out and you, you actually, you know, put it in front of you like that, it's a it's a really good concept. Um, and I think this episode, uh, I watched it yesterday, does a good job in in sort of laying down the sort of basis for that. Um, it didn't. It didn't, yeah, it was. I I thought it was decent. It was okay. It it After the sort of highs of Children of Earth, which we both loved, this does have a very different feel to it. It feels like the budget has been increased massively, um, but I, I think it's a, a case of a little bit of style over substance, really, because it didn't draw me in anywhere near as much as the first episode of Children of Earth. Like, I, the first sort of 20 minutes I was going along with it thinking, yes, yeah, it's pretty good, you know, it looks good. But I found myself getting quite, not bored, but a little bit like, come on. It felt a bit ploddy uh, about 20 minutes in, I think. I was sort of thinking, yeah, there were some good bits, but I did find myself sort of um, losing interest a little bit in the middle. But then, yeah, then I sort of came back to it, and uh, there is some good stuff in this first episode. It's a promising start, but I didn't sort of, when I switched it off, I didn't sort of leave it feeling like I did Children of Earth of, God, I can't wait. To put on the next episode, it was just kind of just turned it off and went, yeah, that was all right, and that's about it, really. There wasn't that buzz that I got from the previous series, so a decent start, but it didn't yeah, it didn't excite any major excitement in me to be honest um mm. so i'm yeah, I'm intrigued to see where the series goes, and I like some of the stuff in it which we'll talk through as we go through it um. But I'll just, yeah, if I was to sum it up, I'd say, yeah, it was decent, but wasn't great. Wasn't anything
0: amazing. Mm, okay. But it was all right. Yeah. All right.
1: Bit middle of the road.
0: Mm. Mm. Okay. So, yeah, it's definitely a big change up, right, from what we've had so far with mm, Torch. It felt R- very different. Very yeah. different. Yeah. So the first three, the first three series that we've gone through, as our listeners will know, torchwood has felt very in the same kind of ilk as the sarah jane adventures i guess especially the first two series of torchwood it felt very uh familiar in terms of production and how Mm. it looked and and all that stuff i think with the children of earth that was kind of the same but it just looked a lot nicer so that that was the first one that was on hd i think and out on blu-ray and stuff like that the rest of them were just standard definition and stuff like that this one as well as continuing that it still looks very cool and, and all that stuff you can tell that this is a brand new um sort of direction for uh production and so on because it looks very much of its of its time as a tv show that you would see in the us rather than what you would see in the uk so even though there are scenes that are filmed in wales um in and around the um you know the sort of rural countryside and there's a scene where Rex is driving over the Severn bridge and, you know, so it's still got yeah. a few little <laughs> Welsh bits in there. There's something about, there's something about the way that it was, I'll get onto my thoughts on the story in just a second, but there's, there was something away about the way it was filmed that you can just, it's a subtle shift in the, in the picture quality. So even though it's done in HD, like of its time, it's, I don't know if, if it was filmed in, if this makes a difference, but in the US they have their video standard is called NTSC versus our PAL version here. And I think when it's something's filmed in NTSC, it gives it that very, very slight little Americanized feel to it. Mm. And I think that's what you can see a mile off when you watch the Doctor Who TV movie. It's that it's got that very sort of, um, I don't know, it's just a very slight little difference in the picture. It's not quite as crisp and it's not quite as smooth because Children of Earth looked absolutely just jaw-dropping in some places. We were surprised, weren't we? Yeah. Considering the really really age, yeah. 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 Whereas this, it still looks good. But yeah, so um, from that perspective, you can tell that this um, uh, it, it's more of a Canadian slash US joint venture um, with the production on this one. And then story-wise, for me, yeah, it didn't quite capture the same... It didn't invoke the same feeling that I got when I watched Children of Earth, that first one, even though it still feels very big and epic, like that story. You can tell that there's a big global thing that's happening and it's threatening, you know, so so Russell's very good at doing that. How he's not written a a proper full-on Hollywood film yet, I've no idea, but, you know, the whole... Thing where because with Doctor Who sometimes, and with previous series of Torchwood, you do get the feeling that um, okay, so there's an alien that wants to take over the world, but really, it's sort of happening in London, yeah, <laughs> you know, or it's <laughs> happening in Cardiff or something like that. And but what, with this and with Children of Earth, you do get the sense that it's a more, it's definitely a global issue that's that's happening and the threat sort of thing. Mm. So it got the epic stakes there. I just wasn't drawn into it as much as I was with with children of earth and not to say that it's bad it's not a bad story at all i don't know i just wasn't captivated as much as i was
1: i i couldn't put my finger on why um because i was thinking like you just said it it, this, it looks pretty good production values are great it means an epic helicopter chasing on the beach which you know looks really big budget um and yeah the whole episode looks great it's a really good concept it's got some fun moments um i like all the stuff seeing how Gwen and Reese are dealing with things after Torchwood and you got the return of Jack and there's some really good stuff going on. But I just couldn't put my finger on why it wasn't gripping me and why it wasn't, like you said, why wasn't this drawing me in as much as I felt like it, it should be because I've been quite looking forward to revisiting this series because I didn't remember enjoying it at the time. And I was really hoping that even like if the series goes a bit downhill after here, because we've got 10 episodes, which feels quite long, really. I'm not sure. I'm hoping it's got enough substance to last to fulfil those 10 episodes, because if my memory's correct, it doesn't. But I was hoping the first episode, at least, I would watch it yesterday and think, oh, yeah, you know, this isn't this isn't bad, actually. This is better than I remembered. Um, and it kind of was, wasn't, because it was kind of exactly how I remembered. It was just like, oh, yeah. And I'm thinking... This is probably one of the better episodes as well, because I'm pretty sure once we get into this series, it really starts to lag, or at least that's my my memory of it. So I was hoping this would be a bit better than it was, really. Um, and it's also a lot darker, isn't it? Than I mean, Children of Earth went to some pretty dark places, but it had some nice humour to sort of, you know, to gloss over the darker bits. So, it's like you said, the tone of this one felt grim mm. right from the beginning. Like in within minutes we're dealing with a a, a paedophile that's you know, raped and murdered a twelve year old kid. I mean that's that's on screen within the first few minutes. You're like neck You mm. know, we we're, we're really it really is quite a dark, sort of sinister story right from the get-go. Um there are a few moments of fun in it, um mostly from Gwen and Reese. So that does lighten the mood a little bit, but for the most part it's a pretty grim Uh, sort of story you know i mean and and also quite gruesome so you know the bit where they were cutting off there's that charred body
0: they cut off the head
1: yeah oh gross yeah um so yeah i was thinking okay so we're definitely upping the adult uh side of things so you did get a few lighter moments mainly from uh sort of gwen and reese which are quite fun but yeah overall it's a pretty dark dark start to the episode i thought yeah we're a couple yeah. of good moments, but i can't as i said some really good stuff as well um and it is sort of quite adult in tone but i couldn't put my finger on why it wasn't quite gelling for me in the same way and also you know we hold rtd up in such high regard just having his name attached to it so when it came up written by rtd i thought oh well, even if this first episode is probably going to be good even if the rest of it is you know goes a bit downhill but yeah, even that just didn't feel like it had his usual flair mm. somehow, this script.
0: Yeah. And that's an important thing to note as well, that although we although we are big fans of Russell and his writing and so on, that doesn't mean that he's immune from, you know, the odd clangor here and there. Of so, course, yeah. 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 So I wouldn't say that it's a it's a big clangor of any sort. It's not terrible. It's just yeah, like I think you're you're nailing it. I think it just doesn't quite maybe there's something about the change up in it that's that's a little bit uh, slightly more difficult to get into it because although we have some familiar faces although jack is back and gwen and and uh, and reese and so on that's really it you know we don't have any uh and we don't have the hub anymore in cardiff we don't have any of that yeah. familiar stuff going on and we've got some new faces thrown into the mix haven't we so we've we've now got uh, rex who's this cia agent who is um uh played by uh by uh Mekki uh Pfeiffer, and he's um he's playing like the very expected sort of uh intense sort of tough CIA dude and um uh, and then and then we've got this other uh woman I think um what's her name Alexa I the, I'm trying to remember who the doctor was and who the the other CIA agent Yeah, was. I
1: got them a bit mixed up as well. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um I think um uh, i think and um, i think esther drummond is the yeah esther esther she's the other cia agent the blonde lady That's it. and then the doctor is um arlene ter played by vera juarez uh, juarez juarez vera juarez i think so we've got those two phases and they seem to be recurring characters as well so mm. um but I think it's just maybe the setup with these new faces and it's we've changed things. And although, like I said earlier, they it feels like they've tried to make it a few little things familiar with being set in Wales and stuff and, the, uh, and that stuff. And when they go to uh, the main hospital where Eve's dad is, where he's had a heart attack, but because of what's going on in the story, he hasn't died. He's still there. Mm. We get PC Andy turn up and he's still providing yeah. a little bit of, like, you know, this is still the Torchwood you know kind of thing. So maybe that's why we struggled to to get into it initially. Maybe episodes two onwards. It will settle down a little bit. But um what did you think to the um the concept then? Because like I said, the the children of Earth was very um was very sinister and really atmospheric right from the get-go. And it sort of built and built as we went through those episodes. Uh, whereas this, like I said, it feels the same. It feels like we've got that global threat. But we have even less information in this one. So in that first one, we knew via the flashbacks with Captain Jack going back to the 60s or whatever it was, that there was some kind of alien presence that was behind it. all. with this one, even in this first episode, there's not one line from any, anybody about what this even possibly could be. So mm. all we know is everyone, everybody around the entire globe is just not dying from anything. Yeah. So what do you reckon to the concept then?
1: I, I do like the concept. I think it's a really creepy concept there. And I think this thing about not dying, but you could still be in all that pain. So like I said, when they cut that guy's head off, he, he's still alive. So he's actually feeling everything that's going on around him and, you know, and uh, Rex as well, isn't he? He should be dead, but he, he's not so but he's still feeling all the pain and it's a very dark concept perfect for tortured Uh, and it's an interesting idea i think and i also like the flip side of it that jack is now mortal and so that's interesting so he can die oh yeah you know he could he could be you know he could actually die uh so that gives it a bit of an edge um so I, i like that i think it's a good concept and i'm i am intrigued to see where it goes and also like you said um I'm wondering, like, who's behind it? Because I, I can't remember. In fact, I, I said to you when we, before we started, um, you know, when we said we were going to review this, I don't even remember if I finished watching this series. I think I, mm-hmm. I may have tuned out about episode six or something. So I, I don't know who's behind it. Uh, I can't remember who's behind it. Um, so I'm intrigued to find out, and I hope it's a good payoff, uh, whoever or whatever is behind it. But yeah, it's a good concept. I like it. It's, it's grim, isn't it? It's a grim idea that, oh, that you could be permanently stuck in, you know, <laughs> in pain and never die. That's a horrible thought. Um, so yeah. And I'm, I think it's right for Torchwood. No, I wouldn't want to see that in Doctor Who. I mean, Moffat came a little bit close, didn't he? When he did the whole death in heaven, what was it? Um, What was that concept? It got a few complaints, didn't it? That you don't really die or something. Remember that? you all trapped in the spear. I don't know, there, there was a concept that Moffat came up with, nowhere near as dark as this, but right. it was going mm. down the same sort of route of, um, yeah, you don't really die, you feel everything, and I can't quite remember now, but I've, I'm sure the listeners all know what I'm on about. So, yeah, it's mm. a good concept. I think it's, it's very adult, very dark, and it's, you know, suitable for Torchwood. I wouldn't, wouldn't want to see it drifting into Doctor Who, but, yeah, it definitely works in this, in this sort of
0: series. Indeedy, yeah. I think also um, the, the the sort of adult feel to it has upped a little bit as well from yeah. Children of Earth. It does. Def- it definitely feels like the kind of late-night drama that you would see typically in either here or the US or Canada or whatever. It, it's got that mm. sort of... Because with Torchwood, previous to this, with the exception of a few bits here and there, you could kind of probably get away with putting that on at... Uh, Pre watershed time here in the UK, and I think they actually did that with through most of them. I think they did like an edited did, version they? that they put out at seven or seven thirty or something like that, and then they did the unedited the unedited version that went out at like nine or ten or something like that. Mm. But this definitely feels like you couldn't do that. I don't think you could put this out at say six seven o'clock in the evening, and you know. So it it, it definitely feels like um, and is evident that the the adult nature because those dark. The darkness of it is revealed quite early on because, as very a like cool. conceptually, it's very cool. Like we were saying, this whole thing around people's inability to die, which they thought was twenty four hours, but then it just turns out that it just feels like it's a permanent thing. You just can't mm-hmm. die. So the darkness of it is revealed very early on. So there's a scene where the um, uh, Oswald Danes played by Bill Pullman, who's the convicted paedophile, there's a scene where he's being put to death via lethal injection. Mm. That's Quite it starts, isn't it? Yeah, it's, that's like within the first five minutes of the episode. And that's mm. pretty horrific. He plays that really it well. That's a, and that's... Something about him is likely to be the anchor for the story, I think, because it's his mm. reaction to... It looks like he's dying because he's, you know, he, he's his body's going crazy and it's, you know, you think, oh crap, he's dying before our eyes and, um, but something happens and I think that's the trigger. There's something around him it feels like and, um, and so from that point on we then get a few other little, a few other little bits in there. So, the other terrible one is when they bring that guy in who's been, basically took the full blast of a, a bomb explosion or something mm. and his body's just like scattered on this, medical metal bed thing and um yeah but his eyes are still moving and he's mm. breathing and you can see his mu- it's terrible but the 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 observation i made here is that this is very different to where we saw captain jack blown up in children of earth yeah remember when he was blown up and then he brought his it body reminded bag. me of that yeah. yeah you only saw the body bag twitching on that bit and then mm. a bit later on you saw him on 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 the bed but his body was like charred and then before you knew it he was back to captain jack and everything was all good whereas in this one it's really horrific because the 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 doctor arlene and you know some other people are in there and they've got this doctor in he's supposed to be an expert and he's freaking out because he's like well i've never seen this before this is terrible and then jack's like well let's remove the head yeah. Like, and you think okay, we'll come back to that later. But then you actually see it and they're like, oh God. And then You can hear it as well. The sound production is really good. You can hear the tendons and the bones in the neck snapping yeah. as they take, oh God. And then these eyes <laughs> are still moving after that and you think, crikey, this is dark. So that's, a, yeah, that's the yeah. stuff that you just couldn't show before Watershed at all. With the previous mm. stuff in Tortured, you could get away with it a little bit and edit it out a bit, but... You needed that for the story, really. You needed to see how horrific this thing is and how much of an impact it's having on on the human race, I suppose. Because I think the other, the other thing that's going to build up and be this sort of constant thing through the F- series is the hospitals being filled up and they just can't cope because everybody's still carrying out their lives and being injured by accidents and all that sort of thing. And normally, you know, this is morbid to say, but they would end up in the morgue and then they'd be buried or cremated and stuff. Whereas now their horrific injuries are just there, present, and they're still alive. So the hospitals are trying to treat everybody. So you've got that build up as well. You've got the atmospheric uh, thing of like, you know, what is this thing? What's caused it? Mm. But then you've also got this secondary thing that's building up like, what are they going to do with all of these people that should be dead? And that's really what the what this episode focuses on for the for the cia dude rex because he's in a bad car accident and he gets a pole that sort of comes through the windshield mm. goes through his chest and by all accounts he should be dead for sure so in the hospital he's trying to figure it out the dr arlene she doesn't know what's going on and uh, so for him that's the conundrum he's trying to figure out he's like what do i and then i think he questions it as well he's like so what happens then when this thing is solved do i then die am i like on borrowed time What's going on? So it's, uh, it's dark, dude. You can tell yeah, it's, it's more it's, adult.
1: It's definitely more adult, isn't it? I was going to say, there's a nice little um, shout out to Owen Harper in that gruesome scene. So Jack's in the background and they, he introduces himself as Owen Harper, which I thought was a nice little uh, shout out yeah. to him. He's like, I'm Owen Harper from so and so. Now remove the head. Um, So yeah, and also the four, five, six gets a couple of mentions, but I don't think they're they're actually talking about the four, five, six, are they? They just throw in the number there as a little uh, reference. There's a a couple of little throwbacks.
0: Thing, yeah,
1: yeah, it's a new doctor thing. I quite liked that scene actually when when Jack turns up because it was about actually it was about. Yeah, I, about 20 minutes in, I was thinking, I suddenly realised Jack hadn't been in it. Um, it took me a while to sort of realise he wasn't there because we sort of more focused on uh, Gwen and Reese. And I, I quite liked those early scenes, you know. It was interesting to see where they are after the events of Torchwood. Uh, I quite liked that, the fact they're living on this remote thing. I didn't like the arguing so much. I felt like one of the things we said about. Children of Earth was how their relationship had developed and, you know, all that sort of constant bickering had sort of been pushed aside. And, you know, and so we're, we're back to sort of a bit more of a sort of argumentative um, relationship between the two of them. And I thought that was a bit of a shame to see. I kind of get it, though, because obviously Gwen is struggling to sort of adapt to normal life after Torchwood. And I guess that's right that we explore that. And I think that kind of makes sense. But obviously they've got the baby now as well. So it's good to see, it's good to catch up with those guys and see where they are at the minute. And, uh, there was some great scenes. I think probably my favorite scenes in this episode were the ones with them. So, you know, the, the bit where Gwen gets the rocket launcher and stuff, I thought, Oh, that was kind of <laughs> cool. um, and the stuff on the beach with the helicopter and everything—that looked pretty epic as well. That I couldn't work out: was yeah. that a CGI helicopter or was that a real one? I couldn't. It, it looked really good. I thought um, uh, I the helicopter on the beach—you know when it blew up—and it was, looked really good, actually. Yeah, some I of thought. it
0: was CG, Yeah,
1: yeah, it must have been. Yeah, it great. So, though. yeah, I looked, loved all that stuff. Now, I suddenly, yeah, I suddenly sat there thinking, "Oh, Jack's not been in it yet. When's he going to pop up?" And I expected it to be some big, you know, expected to see sort of dry ice and, you know, him walking <laughs> through the shadows of the coat flowing or something. But yeah, yeah. He, he kind of sort of turns up and saves um, that woman, doesn't he? Uh, whoever she... Uh, Esther. Again, it's Esther, yep. yeah. Um, and there's a quite a fun bit on the plane when he snatches the phone off Rex and all that sort of stuff. So I felt by the end of it, um, things were sort of starting to come together. You can sort of see, oh, the old team back together, you've got Jack and Gwen and Reese, And I think Gwen, although she... I think she's sort of, you feel like she's kind of missed all of this sort mm-hmm. of action stuff, really deep down. Yeah. So that, that was a quite a sort of promising thing. You sort of think, okay, so these guys are back together. Let's, let's, let's rock and roll sort of thing. Um, so yeah, but yeah, it's good to see Jack coming back and some nice little throwbacks to the old team with Owens name mentioned and stuff.
0: Hmm, that was cool. And it's interesting mm-hmm. that, um, Gwen and Reese have now settled on this life of, Almost being in hiding, I suppose, because of the events of Children of Earth. So they're now in this country house, literally in the middle of nowhere, in Wales somewhere. And they are essentially just fearful of somebody turning up and finding out who they are and all that. So there's a couple of really funny scenes where... (laughs) The ramblers. The ramblers, (laughs) there's a knock on the door and they go and get all the guns out the cabinet and they're ready to kick off. And (laughs) it turns out the ramblers, I think... I, I. I can't figure out whether they intentionally are spies or something like that, because when they're further far enough away from the house, they sort of look at each other with that look like, yeah, that's Torchwood or that's the girl. That's the woman we're looking for. Um, Or where they were genuinely just looking at each other like, well, they were rude. Um, Mm. So that was really cool. And then, yeah, the helicopter. (laughs) Yeah, it's cool. So that, that's interesting that they've now got their little baby, you know, they've, they've, Gwen has given birth. They've got a nice little family. It just always feels like they're on, eggshells on tender hooks because she's expecting trouble to kick off every day you know she's like she's really jumpy and reese is very much like um you know he, he's like you know just calm down you know nothing's gonna happen nobody knows we're here it's all good and obviously they do know so the helicopter mm. comes back like that scene at the end and they have that big tear up and stuff and then jack is just he's not quite as um He's not quite as, what's the word, uh, um, flirty and boisterous and, and all those things that we've seen from him in the past. Mm. There is something a bit more subdued about him, so far anyway, Yeah, yeah. in his first episode. So John Barron's playing it very much the, the sort of stern, broody, investigative kind of Jack that we've seen a few times before. Definitely not the kind of, you know... There's a there's a word for it. flamboyant. Flamboyant, yeah, good word. Yeah, he's not Mm. quite got that going on at the minute. Even when, because in previous versions of Torchwood, I get the feeling that if this had happened, where he goes, you know, he's in the archive somewhere, and Esther is searching for information on Torchwood, and then she suddenly finds a box and it's got all the information. She's like struck gold, and then he's there to protect torchwood's sort of, um, sort of being erased from from history almost. And there's an assassin there. He saves her. You get the feeling that in previous Torchwood, he would have flirted with her big time yeah, after probably, saving her yeah. sort of thing. But even now, he's like, just gives her some information, but then she's unaware about the amnesia pill. So he's like, you know, and saves her. So it's very much a different um, different Jack for me. So we'll see how it goes. I'm not sure in the next few episodes if he goes back to good old, you <laughs> know. Because even in Doctor Who, which is obviously not as adult as, as Torchwood... He was very close to the knuckle in a couple Mm -hmm. of Doctor Who episodes, so I wonder if we'll see that from him uh, in this series of Torchwood. But
1: I I quite liked him in this episode, actually. I I think I prefer the more subdued. I like it when when playing him a little bit, tones it down a little bit, and I I quite liked him in this one. He's more serious, and you know when he's in the operating room and tells him to remove the head, and he's got his like blue shirt and tie (laughs) on and stuff, and yeah, it's just good to see him toning it down. Uh, for an episode and being a bit more serious, if you like, so I quite liked him in this one. I don't know when, yeah, at the end when he's, he's back with Gwen and uh, so I just remembered what Reese calls him. I won't say it on the family on this family podcast, but that's quite funny. He's like, oh, you're off with old Captain Jack bleep. Yeah, um, yeah, I thought that was quite funny. So I can see him going back to being the more flamboyant Jack um, in the next couple of episodes. Talking of that, mate, how did you go Did you watch this on DVD or on the? On the uh, iPlayer. I watched
0: this on iPlayer, dude. Oh,
1: okay. Did it have... Well, first of all, did it have a weird intro from John Barrowman and RTD at the start? No. Okay, so I put the Blu-ray in and uh, pressed play to episode one, and it had this really strange... It had um, John Barrowman and RTD introducing the episode. It just started with that. Uh, it's like, Torchwood is back. He's like, yes, and Russell's like, yes, and it's going to be more exciting and more explosive there. And I was like, oh, what's this about? It's like a little two-minute intro to the episode, which is quite fun, but I just wasn't expecting it. But it also, did your, on the iPlayer version, did it have like a really, really long in, um, really, really long trailer for coming this season it from did. Torchwood at the end? Because yeah, yeah. I kept thinking... Well, you've pretty much shown me the whole season. you you? it went on and on and on. And the thing is, I didn't turn it off. I just thought, well, I may as well watch it and see see what's coming up. But yeah, it was a blimmin' long trailer for like. It wasn't just the next time trailer. It was like a whole season trailer, wasn't it?
0: It was. It went yeah, on it was forever. Crazy. It was like two and a half so minutes can, worth of yeah,
1: yeah. So I can tell from that, there's already going to be. I could see Jack kissing somebody in it. I thought, oh, you know, I can already tell he's going to go back to the moor flamboyant there was one bit though and i paused it i couldn't tell if it was gwen and i'm really hoping it's not i could see there's a scene it's so brief it's like a split second of of, um a woman with dark hair kissing somebody that's not reese and i couldn't work out if it was gwen or not and i'll tell you what if that's gwen i'm gonna be furious Mm. because i've had enough of gwen cheating on reese so but i don't think it was i couldn't tell I paused it, but I couldn't tell if it was Gwen or not. Yeah, but, I, couldn't, um, yeah. I
0: don't think it was. I hope it's not. I could be wrong, yeah. but it didn't look like... Yeah, I don't think mm. so. Yeah.
1: Actually, just while well, was mentioning Gwen, actually, um, I thought Eve Miles gave her... Uh, she's always, you know, great value, isn't she? She's like... She always gives a good performance, I think, um, Eve Miles. And I thought she was great in this, playing the on edge, you know. Um, and she's <laughs> She's just so... I always use the term kick-ass. So, you know, I, I just think Gwen's such a great character, and Eve plays her so well. And um, she still felt like the same Gwen to me, even though she's a bit fractured from the sort of after-effects of Torchwood and trying to live, live a normal life. So, yeah, I did think it was a great performance from her again. And the friction between her and her mum as well. She, When she plays against another actor, it always feels very real to me, whether it's Rhys or her mum or her dad. I just think she, she's one of those actors that works really well with other actors as well like you feel (laughs) a chemistry have we ever met a mum before i can't tell we met a mum and dad before i felt like the dad looked familiar
0: yeah i i don't think so okay
1: because i did believe that that was a mum and dad i thought yeah you know the way they're talking to each other and stuff it's Mm. instantly quite a believable setup um i felt like i'd seen a dad before but might be wrong yeah, maybe yeah, he's great, been. Yeah, great good
0: performance from Eve. Yeah, no, he, she was really good as well. She's really consistent, yeah, I
1: think. I th- very. Yeah,
0: we, we had a little wobble early on where they try to write her as this kind of unhappy, engaged woman that's happy to sort of fool around, and and yeah, that didn't really seriously. suit her because the way that uh, we we obviously don't know this at all, but in real life you get the feeling that um you get the feeling that Eve Miles is a very sort of down to earth caring uh, very cool person it's and when she when she acts in in that sort of way you really buy into that Be, uh, uh, that must have something to do with her actual personality you get the feeling that she's a really warm likeable um loyal person obviously you'd never know behind closed doors but you just get that feeling so when she's performing those scenes in the past where she is coming across as warm and caring you absolutely 100% buy into it but yeah, the scenes yeah. where she's messing around with Owen in the past and she's been a bit naughty, you don't buy into it. You just feel like, why Why is this? Why yeah. has she been written to carry on this way? It's like it's not... And the thing I couldn't put my finger on or figure out earlier as well, the more that we talk about it, is that there was never any real reason for her to do that, was there? Do you know what I mean? No. There was never... It's not like Reese was like a wife beater or he was like she was in a dangerous situation or he was, she was
1: playing away or he was always out with the lads or something. Yeah.
0: You know? Like he was out with the lads or even if she were, this was like revenge cheating, like he's cheated on me in the past. So I'm going to cheat on, you know, there was never anything. There's never any basis for her to, to do that. And you couldn't really say that she was like a bored housewife because she was a police person before. Mm. So she was really busy and, you know, potentially dangerous stuff going on in her previous career and then when she joined Torchwood obviously that's really full-on there's not really a dull moment so you can't really accuse her of being like this bored sit-at-home housewife either so it was really weird that they they wrote her to be that sort of unlikable sort of play in the field kind of person where it just I don't know there was something but there was no there was never any conclusion to why that happened either was there there was no, never it's any sort of
1: for the sake of it really,
0: wasn't it? Yeah, there was never any Well actually, Reese, we need to talk and I've misbehaved. And the reason why I've misbehaved is because of X, Y, and Z. There was never any of that. There was it was just it's tortured, it's adult, we'll have people sleeping together. Mm. You know? So um
1: I think the other side of that as well is Reese is such a likable character. Yeah. I think, like you said, if there was, you know, if they had sort of written in bits to make that a bit more justifiable, for, for want of a better word. But because Reese is so likable, every time she did something like that, you're like, why would you do that to Reese? Mm. You know, he's, and uh, and he, he's quite consistent as well. He's always been that kind of likable, cheeky, cheeky lad, sort of chappy. Yeah. type of character. But what I do like about Gwendo, like you said, you know, put that stuff aside. What I do like about a character, and this is why I'm hoping that isn't her that's that's kissing someone else, is because she has become this really strong sort of uh role. And she's one of the few characters really that that could stand up to Jack. You yeah. know, most of the time, even like someone like Owen is a pretty sort of independent, strong character. Even he would not he'd be shouted down by Jack, yeah, whereas Gwen he can't handle Gwen. she's a force to be reckoned with, isn't she? she He knows that he just can't have the same effect on her that he has on on other people because she is that strong so um, but that's the part of her character I really like you know she you really like you said, you really feel like um she is all guns blazing and, mm-hmm. and she's going to sort of source, get stuff sorted out. You
0: know? yeah, deFO. And uh, there was one scene where she was really badass as well. So Mm. she's doing the whole, uh, you know, they all go back to her house. So the CIA agent and Captain Jack are there. They're at their house and the helicopter comes back. But this time it's confirmed that the helicopter has been spying on them. Not only that, they're about to take them out. And she's kind of not happy about this at all. But then there's a bit where she goes off to to get a gun and the rest of them get their weapons as well. And she comes around the corner and her whole face is different. She's back in like with yeah. badass mode. So she's running down the corridor. She's like shooting the, the dude in the helicopter. She's just all of a sudden at the snap of her finger, she's back into that. Uh, here we go. It's go time kind of uh, of Gwen, which is very cool. So but she's her and Kai Owen, they're really consistent. You, you know exactly you're going to get good performances out of both of them, which is good. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. Uh, What did you think to a few of the newer faces then? So Mm. um, what about this new guy, Rex, who uh, he's got a real kind of, he's like a dog with a bone, isn't he, throughout this episode? Because at the very beginning, when this whole thing kicks off, there's been this anonymous email that lands at the CIA and it's just got the word tortured on it. And it's gone through like the security protocols. Somebody knows how to sort of hack the system then it disappears and they can't find it. So that sort of triggers this thing in him, like, what the hell's going on with this? And then mm-hmm. throughout the whole episode after that, after his car crash, he's in the hospital bed and he's on his phone 24-7. He's got the longest battery. I want to know what phone he's got. <laughs> he's got the- <laughs> yeah. Because he's on his phone the entire day in hospital. He's on his phone in the cab to the airport. He's on his phone the- pretty much until Jack takes it off of him, which is a nice twist. Uh, on the flight from the u.s to to london or wales and he's on his phone again in the car from the airport over to wales um so he's like a dog with a bone he's like tortured what is it and then he kind of liaises with esther and she uh she's doing some undercover work as well so what do you think to this guy because at the very end he's like i've come here to sort of move you guys from here to the u.s you're going to work with us to sort of see what's going on so what do you reckon to him
1: no I, I, he got on my wick to be honest he was he was just getting, yeah I just found him a bit annoying to be honest sort of this bulshy sort of character that I'm doing this I'm doing that yeah I haven't I haven't taken to him so far I, I feel like he might grow on me I feel like as the series goes on and he settles in he might be okay but at the moment yeah i found him quite irritating to be honest with you sorry just uh, okay. yeah but i agree with you about the phone battery i was just going to say maybe phone batteries don't die either uh since maybe they they live forever as well um <laughs> that scene was quite funny i mean ridiculous he manages to get from america to one to them to this hut in the middle of nowhere in wales in like i don't know what the time frame was but he's still like <laughs> constantly on the go it works quite well as a funny scene but in reality it's Ridiculous, but yeah, I haven't warned to him yet. I feel like I will, but not yet. He's he's irritating me so far.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah, he's okay. I I think he's playing this kind of expected, Mm. uh, expected part. I think when they were casting for this and they were going through uh, going through auditions and whatnot and all that stuff, I I think they just needed they needed like some someone that could play like a very tough. uh, no frills down to business kind of uh, how do i say this without insulting any of our u.s listeners um hmm.
1: we haven't done any american uh, accents yet which is a, a miracle in itself
0: <laughs> yeah um so this guy um so mecky fiver he is he is american which is uh, thank god because a lot of the times in doctor who when they've tried to have american people in it i'm thinking of the, uh, the daleks take manhattan you know those Oh, the dodgy accents. The accents are shocking, like really (laughs) bad. So uh, it's glad that they've got an actual American actor to play that part, which is great. Um, So yeah, I I wouldn't say I warmed to him or thought that he was amazing. He was just very, very intense throughout the entire thing, which is not a bad thing, but there was just no breathing room to explore his character enough. It was all about, I I need to find out what Torchwood did and and that's it there's nothing else to his character at the moment so um so yeah but not too bad not a terrible actor not, not no no I know his
1: performance is all right yeah. just the character himself is a bit bolshy
0: yeah yes yeah. uh okay and then what do you think to esther then sort of the other cia agent who's uh running alongside him i guess also trying to figure out what torchwood was or is and then meets uh and meets jack what do you think to her
1: yeah, I'm getting a bit confused between Esther and who was the other woman in who was in it? The so, doctor. So the
0: other one, uh, Vera. Who was the
1: one looking through the box? Who got injured with Jack? Was that Esther?
0: That's Esther, the CIA yeah. agent. Yeah, yeah. yeah what I do you think that was.
1: Her? I think yeah, she's all right. I I actually quite. Again, I felt like she's got a bit of potential to be a, a a better main character. She's a bit sort of um, she's got a softer side to her, a bit more intriguing. Um, could possibly be a sort of. Uh, scully type actor you know that Mm. character i mean yep um i don't know yeah so far she's all right um i can't remember the other one (laughs) the doctor i only watched this yesterday so i can't really comment on her forgotten what she even did what is she doing
0: it who's that
1: the the other the doctor oh the doctor
0: so she's more of a she's more of like um sort of she's the concerned doctor so she's i think while everyone else is just running around like headless chickens like oh my god what's going on mm. she's kind of thinking of the long game it feels like she's thinking oh yeah yeah like she's having a, a few conversations with Rex while he's in hospital like yeah this is a terrible thing but we need to think about the long term because if no one's dying hospital's going to fill up blah 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 you should be mm. dead you're not dead all the rest of it and uh, so she's a recurring character she was in it quite a bit in that long next time trailer
1: yeah I was going to say yeah that's what I was going to ask is she going to be a main character is is Esther going to be a main character as well
0: um I I believe so um Mm. so
1: this is oh yeah she's in all of them I've just seen it on wiki yeah so
0: this is the thing that I I I don't have a recollection of when I watched this years ago when it first came out is do they team up as like a new kind of torch with these lot I I can't remember if that's the thing yeah yeah I I think so definitely certainly Rex anyway um so it'll be interesting to see actually where he goes from here in terms of does he try and keep torchwood sort of locked down a little bit because he obviously can't give them free reign to just do what they did before so Mm -hmm. does he try and keep them contained a little bit but he needs their help with stuff or is he more sort of accusing them of what's going on because of that email that landed at the beginning that said torchwood and all the rest of it Or does he tread that fine line between wanting to be part of Torchwood and and helping them to solve the thing while also being a CIA agent and he's got responsibilities there and stuff. So I don't know, man. It's, yeah, I honestly can't remember.
1: No, I can't. I was going to say, but yeah, three characters, they've they've got potential. Let's put it that way. Even though I found Rex annoying, I think he, he still could turn out to be quite a good character, but we shall see.
0: Yes, yes, we should. A, a see. scoop
1: getting old. Um, what's what's this guy's name?
0: Bill Paul. Um, Bill, Bill Pullman. Yeah, I was going to finish on him. He, actually, he's been in on
1: yeah. lo- he's been in loads, doesn't he? I mean, he's just one of those guys that as soon as I saw his face, I was like, oh, I recognise him. He's done loads of film and TV, isn't he?
0: He's quite a well-known actor. So, well, mate, yeah, he's like a full, full-on bona fide Hollywood, yeah, star. You know, he's yeah, he's he's the the man. So, I was going to finish gonna on him, him actually. So he's. Mm. He's disturbingly good <laughs> yes, yes the, that's a good way of putting it, yeah, yeah. as the <laughs> bad guy he's 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 the convict- he's he's the convicted dude who is put to death or supposedly put to death at the beginning he survives, and then he's got this he's not just one of these criminal thugs that are just yeah,'ll just break out and and all that he's got a brain in his head, mm. unfortunately, for a lot of people, it feels like because he has this meeting doesn't he with the, somebody from the governor's office or something like that, the attorney's office or something. And he's basically saying to him, I'm a free man because my sentence was done the minute you tried to kill me. The fact that I survived, that's not my fault, you know. And technically, I was put to death. My sentence is done. I should be walking out of here. And the guy's like, well, no, (laughs) you know, Although we apologise for the trauma that you've gone through, <laughs> uh, at yeah. the end of the day you're still a uh, you're still a paedophile. So our our apology only stretches so far. You know we don't feel that bad for you because of what you've done. And then he wrangles it, doesn't he? He actually wrangles the the legal technicalities like he's out. Yeah, he's, can't he's be done. tried twice. What's that called? Is that double jeopardy or something like that? Or?
1: I'm not not too sure to be honest. Yeah, yeah. some US law. He works law, it in it, yeah. his favour. Yeah. Yeah. He's like it's an act of God and he can't be tried tried twice for the same crime so i'm yeah. out of here it's like force majeure
0: yeah. or something like that yeah and uh yeah. and then he's out so that that's really the only thing we see in of him in this episode there's just a mm. few scenes isn't there where he's he survives the injection he has that meeting and then later on he's uh he's put in a car and he's driven out and he's and he's free but again he appears lots in the the long trailer that we that we saw but bill pullman he's a very very good like like i said Cringy, disturbingly good as as the as the criminal, and mm. but he's what such an experienced actor though. I mean, Jesus Christ, he's done over I don't know, he's done like fifty films, like big Hollywood films as well since like the mid eighties. He's, oh, I remember him back in the day from Spaceballs, that spoof oh, Star Wars wow. film. Was that him? I Lone that. Star, yeah, from Spaceballs. Uh, oh
1: gosh, yeah, of course, that's him, isn't
0: it? Yeah, Poor all man. the way through the decades big big films you know notably like independence day and um loads of big things like uh what the other stuff like big films that he's done like while you were sleeping independence day lake placid like scary like just big big things Mm -hmm. so he's experienced actor very good
1: you can you can tell that can't you he's the kind of guy that like you said, he's not on screen very much in this this episode. I can tell he's going to go on to be a big part of this story, um, but he's just one of those actors that has got this sinister delivers like this sinister underlying calm, evil performance. Like in a good, you know, in a, in a good way in, in terms of performance, he's very believable. I can tell he's going to be a very. <laughs> Yeah, a force to be reckoned with. I think as this series goes on, judging by the next time trailer, he, yeah, he looks like quite a dangerous character. Um, I think yeah, Bill Paulbert, um, Like you said, he's done loads. He's a great actor, and I think yeah, very good casting for this. I think he'll. Uh, I think even if the story wanes a bit, I think he's going to be one of those actors that when he's on screen, will actually sort of lift the series a bit because he is such a good actor. That's the feeling I get from from it anyway.
0: Yeah. Yeah. so very good anything else on your notes bud i noticed that murray gold is still back and doing some cool music
1: well actually yeah i was i thought the music was horrible in this i uh, actually put awful screeching guitar music as one of my notes <laughs> i really didn't like the music at all and so I, I specifically waited to see the credits to see who it was because i thought oh, it can't be murray i was shocked when i saw his name come up i was like really that was murray gold it didn't have, yeah. I didn't like the music in it at all, and I I know what he's trying to do. I, you know, I can tell he's trying to give it that sort of, um, like you said, this sort of American style music, isn't it? He's trying to give it that sort of feel of a sort of I I don't. Yeah. Netflix wouldn't have been a thing back then. What it? When was this?
0: Oh, no, I wouldn't 2011. have been a thing, Yeah.
1: Yeah, but that sort of NCIS you know yes, kind of yeah. feel uh, so i get what he's going for but oh horrible that, the guitar screechy guitar music when the guy was in hospital i was just like oh i'm I'm shocked to be honest with this murray i thought the music was horrible in this there's the odd good bit like the stuff in when they're in wales and stuff there was a couple of bits but yeah not up to murray's usual standard at all i didn't think
0: um i didn't mind it because it was different that's why i mm. didn't i didn't mind it, it it's um not his finest work, but I thought it was okay. Yeah. No. Tried something didn't. different. You're no, not a fan, didn't though. Didn't like it.
1: Didn't like, didn't like it. <laughs> no. Didn't didn't like the sort of feeling that it, the, like the atmosphere that it gave. It didn't, you right. know, normally we'll say Murray's music adds like an, an ambience to it. Uh, to this, actually, I found it quite distracting in places. Yeah. Wasn't a fan of the music at all in this. I'm no um, just looking to see if I have anything else on my notes, actually. Don't think so. No no <laughs> no okay. that is actually the only note i haven't sort of ticked off is awful <laughs> screeching guitar yeah
0: okay indeed let's put a score on this then mm. so you to go first what are you saying
1: yeah i'm I'm gonna give it a seven um might be a bit generous there it, it was okay it was it was a fairly decent setup i feel like it was just slightly under a seven but not quite you know, anything under seven I consider to be bad, or, or going that way. So seven to me is very much a middle-of-the-road score. Um, okay. Yeah, it's just, just decent. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't anything amazing, I didn't think.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. So I am going to go with a six on this one. A six? Oh, dear. Yeah.
1: See, this is worrying, because apparently this is one of the better episodes in the series. <laughs> oh, dear.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so I consider seven to be a good score for me rather than a I I see five and six as like the middle of the road, uh Mm -hmm. kind of average score. So yeah, I thought it was not a not a terrible watch at all. I thought it was I think for me there's just nothing really that's sort of outstanding at the moment. There's no sort of one scene or one thing that just blew me away. I think some of the action scenes were very cool. You can see that they've pumped a bit of money into it and um like the the climax with the helicopter shootout scene on the beach and all that That stuff, very very cool and it's got some darker moments and it's got it does feel like it's at least at the moment off to a good kind of start but yeah there was just no sort of one performance either that i thought oh my god that's like a that's like a 10 out of 10 performance and that'll bring the score up a bit so just a just a decent watch fairly you know fairly enjoyable not too bad but not terrible Mm -hmm. yes Okay, dokie. So, uh, seven from him, six from me. What did our listeners think over on the, over on the Twitter? We had um, uh, Sam Dooley said, The biggest flaw with the entire series is pacing. If this had the same structure as Children of Earth, I seriously think it would be just as good. The premise is so engaging, and episode one does a decent job of starting the mystery. Seven out of ten. Seven. Our writer Jordan says it it does set up the mystery quite nicely but even the opening episode doesn't get me excited for what i thought was the weakest of all the torchwood stuff but it's nice to have the old gang back together though rex annoys me so much <laughs> yeah uh tom's hurlow says i watched this one more than 10 years ago and have no intention of watching it again so i'm not going to be giving you an episode by episode review i'll simply say this after the heights of children of earth that uh, this was an unbelievable disappointment. We literally went from the sublime to the ridiculous. The basic premise of the show is really strong and the potential for a fantastic story was there all along. But RTD really dropped the ball in what became an ill-considered mess. Four out of five. Mm. Uh, I think he does
1: go on to say... Oh, sorry, go on. on, on. Uh, He does go on to say... Because he says... uh, I think he meant to say four out of ten. I think he does go on to say that... He
0: does, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, four so he, out of 10. yeah, he follows up and says, uh, and this should come as a warning for those, including me, who are breathlessly waiting for RTD2. This man's not infallible, he can produce some Chibnall esque dross, too. Oh, dear. And then he says, Yeah, uh, I meant to type four out of ten. Uh, okay, yeah, that's that a good does, point. That dude.
1: does. Yeah. That is a good point. And it does worry me slightly, actually, because we do keep saying, ah, oh, hailing the great return of RTD. And, you know, like anybody, they can write good and bad. So, mm. exactly. And Murray, yeah. oh, you yeah. know, so yeah. if he's coming back, you know, it's not all, we shouldn't just assume it's going to be some
0: miracle fix. But, yeah. No, precisely. Yeah. Uh, last couple on Twitter. John Winston says, starts well, a dark and interesting concept. Shame it all goes downhill as the series develops. Seven out of ten, though. And lastly, Elliot Snow says, Episode one has some promise and sets the series up pretty well. However, it declines from this episode onwards. It's no children of Earth and misses out on the promise of its own premise. Mm. And just one over on Facebook. Andrew Stewart says, I need to give this a rewatch, but to be honest, wasn't really appealed to, as I remember finding it okay, but nothing special. It's a pretty good story. When no one can stay dead, which starts with this gut, but ends up becoming darker and darker. And I think it's the episode. If I'm, uh, if not, I'm sorry if I'm spoiling it. But I'm not going to say the next bit in case that is a spoiler. All right. So, but I get what you're saying, Andrew. Overall, he gives it a seven out of ten for now. Definitely do a rewatch, though. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okie dokie.
1: slightly worried that people are saying this goes downhill after this one but we'll see
0: yeah well talking of going downhill next week's review
1: <laughs> I'm
0: joking I'm joking next week dude what are we viewing then
1: <laughs> yeah set sail because uh, we're doing a fifth Doctor story next week and um, this one's called
0: Enlightenment Enlightenment uh, I'm looking forward to watching a fifth Doctor Mate, I haven't watched any Davison in in a little while so
1: this is it's an odd one isn't it enlightenment oh i can't remember much about it some oh, it's a big old wooden ship in space isn't it
0: yeah it is odd it it's is literally a bit, all i can remember <laughs> yeah it's a bit pink floyd but we is will it? we will give it a go
1: yeah. all righty then yeah
0: all righty so on that note then let's wrap it up dude for 350 all righty thank you thank you so much for coming back and listening to the big blue box for another week that was episode 350 so to kick off miracle day we're kind of like yeah that was okay not too bad we'll see how it goes but yeah based on everyone else's literally everyone else's comment um apparently goes downhill so we'll see we will see for sure it's not bode well (laughs) it doesn't yeah next week we're back to classic Doctor Who as Adam said we're going to review the fifth Doctor Story Enlightenment so get your DVDs out or your um, Britbox subscription fired up and get that watched because we'll be asking for your scores and mini reviews as always in the meantime remember to follow and subscribe to the podcast on your preferred podcast app of choice we put a new episode out every single Friday and we would love for you to not miss that so get there so get following over there you can also listen online go to the website bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk you can listen to all the apps there for free too and you can read the reviews and articles from our writing team so go and check those out we're on the socials too Instagram, Twitter and Facebook come and chat Doctor Who throughout the week and we have a free Discord server again the link is on the website to come and check us out over there remember to check out Adam's channel over on YouTube it is of course The Geek's Handbag
1: Geek's Handbag loads of Doctor Who vids Go and have a look. Latest one is me descending into misery, trying to find the new B and M set. Go and have a look. Go and check What's it out on all yes. the socials.
0: Yeah, under the same name on the socials, the Geeks Handbag. So come and give us a, a like and a follow and chat Doctor Who. Until next week, my name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember, e. Hey. Hey.